so I loved hearing uh, Winston Peters in conversation with Mike Hosking uh, this morning on our breakfast show. You know, it's been... It gets a little easy to forget about all the other politicians that we actually have in our parliament. And this is partly because of all the extraordinary powers granted to Ashley Bloomfield, the Director of Civil Defence, and the Police Commissioner to make all these decisions about us. Decisions which then get enacted just by the Cabinet and then sold to us by the Prime Minister and Finance Minister. And you forget, obviously, that there are other players in there, that Winston is still Deputy Prime Minister and Foreign Minister and around the Cabinet table and the leader of a party separate to Labour. And this all gives him insight. You know, he's got a dog in the fight. He's in the room. He's also got a different point of view. Uh, so lately, he did make some headlines. Uh, the Trans-Tasman bubble... Um, it seemed to me after yesterday that this is obviously just an aspirational goal rather than a hook to hang your hat on. As Mike pointed out this morning, there's no way that Scott Morrison is looking at flights between Queenstown and Sydney when Australians still can't fly from Melbourne to Brisbane for a holiday in the sun. You get the feeling that the whole trans-Tasman bubble is a bit of a diversion to keep us fantasising about a happier future to come. And it will come. But then conversation turned to debate about when we can reduce our alert level. And Winston said that he would never break the confidentiality of cabinet debate. But you were also left in no doubt that round that table he is advocating for a reduction. And that is reassuring. Cabinet have all the power in rule setting right now. It's not taken to parliament, not taken to the whole caucus, it's cabinet. And it's good to know that there is a plurality of voices around that table. He also gave an indication that nothing will change until May the 11th. But we knew that. It's what uh, Ardern said in Parliament yesterday in response to Simon Bridges asking why she didn't consider it every day. She said, we're going to do it on the 11th. And that's what we said. And we stick to our word. Mike then asked, well, why shouldn't we go down? Why can't we reduce the limitations on business to be more like Australia? Which is uh, what many people have said. To which Winston said that, well, Australia is not as open as you might like to think, which Mike didn't challenge. And Winston also said, and I thought this was intriguing, come back in eight days and compare Australia and New Zealand then. Which also gave me hope that things will change next week for the better. But it also made me wonder about just how free Australia is right now. It's a popular perception that they've been much, much freer to trade than us and have done much, much better. So I had a quick check this morning. The first thing to remember is that Australia is a commonwealth, that the federal government makes guidelines and restrictions, but how they're actually applied varies between each state. And there's a lot of, a lot of difference uh, between the states. The Northern Territory, Queensland and Western Australia are much freer than us. But then again, they've had much, much, much fewer cases, much, much fewer cases than the rest of Australia. And the presumption is it's because it's hot and they have hardly any people, low population density. But the rest of the states of Australia are much like we are in level three when you look at what they say to you and have been in this level three for as long as we've been in lockdowns. Uh, New South Wales did urge retail to stay open. This is their premier, but simultaneously urged people to only leave the house for food and essential services. So Sydney siders may be buying cars, most of them online, but malls and the CBDs are just as empty as ours. Big box retail is still marginally open in some states. But they're reporting that most business has actually moved online. People are wary of going out and trade is heavily down. 
And today, just a few moments ago, the ABC reported that one million Australians are out of work because of the virus. Uh, Analyzing payroll data from the tax office, the Australian Bureau of Statistics found the number of jobs slumped by 7.5% between March 14th and April 18th. Wow. A month. Jobs slumped by 7.5%. The data only measures those workers on the payroll of their employer, of which there are about 10 million in Australia. The presumption is that level of carnage will also be seen amongst the self-employed and the contractors. The point being... That empirically, Australia is not markedly better off economically than us because some states were a little bit more lenient. It's also worth remembering that at the start of this pandemic, Australia had a debt level over 40% compared to us at 20. And people have said all along, we are better placed to provide stimulus. It is also important to realise that our major exports, particularly dairy and red meat exports, of which I will talk to Rowena Duncombe about this, Uh, later on in the hour, are holding up. I heard a talkback caller the other day saying that in all the COVID debates, they've all been full of comparisons between oranges and apples. And I think that's true. But in my humble opinion, weighing up all the pros and cons, I'd rather be in New Zealand than Australia now and in the future.